Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the claw on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hello, Gambo! Burnsy, what's going on? Brandon Fox. Ooh, man. You today for the Arizona Diamondbacks. You just heard the Sports uh, Center update with uh, Ruby there just a second ago. Diamondbacks are currently winning his debut 12-7 to over the Texas Rangers. Brandon Fott, the number one pitching prospect uh, in the organization. Yeah. yeah. Four and two-thirds, nine hits, seven earned runs, four uh, home runs allowed. Two by my good buddy, Josh Young. <laughs> uh, Wait, hold on. Hold yeah. on. Mitch and I had a bet. Yep. Did, 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 did he say it before you said he my would say it? My bet was in the cold open, and here we are. Here we are, cold open. <laughs> my guy. My God, here before I love the that show. Kid. And Mitch is like, He's a good kid. how long do you before you think Gambo mentions Young's name? I'm like, I'm, like, I'm not sure, because I think it's going to be in the cold open. You watch. Boom. That kid's been cold over my open. house. That kid's been over my house for dinner. He plays, comes over and plays catch with Q. Was he there at the outside. same time as Matthew Kachuk? No, there no. Matthew Kachuk was a kid when he, when, he, when he came to my house because I was friends with his dad, Keith. So Matthew Kachuk used to come over with Keith. When Keith would come over to the house, Matthew would Same. come. And then I'd go, go tell your daddy the Red Sox suck. And he'd go, daddy, daddy, the Red Sox suck. See? I would get him to say He would say anything I told him to say, Matthew Kachuk. And now he's got the Florida Panthers I, with a big win. I knew you were one of the most influential voices in the history of Arizona mm-hmm. Sports Talk Radio. I had no idea you also provided daycare for some of the top Athletes that come out of the state of Arizona. No, he bring you, the kid. I didn't watch that kid. He bring they bring him over to the house when they came there, over. There's a there's a whole variety of stuff that we're learning about you right now. I had no idea. Anybody else that you no, that my you favorite, helped raise over at I your house? Say, just my favorite story is I w- I got invited to cr- uh, uh, Christmas Eve party at, at Jeremy Roenick's house. Uh huh. So I'm 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 in I'm, I go to Roenick's house valet parking and everything like it's like <laughs> valet parking, parking at Roenick's house it's at, like I like so I'm in there and I go in it man I got the I got my eye I'm sitting there he's got this bubble hockey machine it's freaking awesome like this kick ass like bubble hockey machine he goes hey you want it he goes I go what are you kidding me it was like custom made custom made like Coyote's bubble hockey machine and uh, I said, you don't want it? He goes, no, my wife hates it. It just takes up a lot of room. If you want to take it. I said, all right, I'll take it. So I come back like a certain day. He's not home. He's just going to go in the yard, take it. I take it. And like people like the, like the security come up to the freaking house. Like, what are you doing? You were stealing like, the bubble They thought I was stealing a bubble hockey machine. <laughs> I go, they told me I could take it. I was sitting there and I go to the house and I got the truck and then like the security, not the, like the police, but the security for the development. They got two trucks. They pull up at the house. And, what are you doing? I'm taking the bubble hockey machine. And they're like, they were like, you don't have to call the police. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm supposed yeah. to be here. I have the I'm code. I'm supposed to be here. Can they yeah. tase you? That'd be great. That'd be awesome if you got tased by neighborhood security. So where, where is the bubble hockey machine now? Uh, I have it. You do? Yeah. Okay. It's still, it's still yeah. exists. I, I've, I've been to your house yeah. many times. I don't remember yeah, seeing the bubble hockey machine. Yeah, it's put away. Oh, it's put away. It's in the garage. 
garage. Just put away. It's in the garage with a giant tarp over it. Nobody ever used. You didn't have to move that today while they were working in a garage. By the way, well, I, use, I used the heck out of that thing. Chelsea like, moved into the house, took one look at it, and goes, "Yeah, no, that's not existing in my house at all, Gambo. You're putting yeah. that in the garage." I almost, that's exactly what happened. Chelsea took I, one look at the bubble hockey machine and goes, "Yeah, hell no, no not in my house." Babe. Nobody was home. I went in the backyard. I got the bubble hockey machine, and then two two trucks pull up. Thought I was stealing it. Uh, that's funny stuff. All right, well, Gambo's not providing daycare for the young, great players that come out of the state of Arizona. We are also talking about Phoenix Suns basketball. Let's weigh in with our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Campaign, you're up. Are you going into this thinking, okay, I'll be starting game? For sure. I'll just be being ready. Are you going into this game thinking you're going to be starting? For sure. I was campaigning sure. from practice today. But then he said, you just got just to be ready. But yeah, I would expect, I mean, you can go two ways here. You could start book at the point and then play a Koji and Tory Craig, or you could start campaign and then either Tory Craig or a Koji come off the bench because you don't need them. You could. <laughs> I mean, that's the way you could play it. I don't know. I mean, I do think that Monty's worried about the pressure on book when he has to run the point. Said that yesterday. Um, yeah. Yep. I mean, we talked about that, that there's a lot of pressure when you've got to run, when you've got the ball in your hand, you've got to, because uh, we saw book wear down in the fourth quarter of game two, wear down, he made two of eight shots. He really struggled. Uh, he was short on everything. He was tired. He looked exhausted. He's been playing a lot. Nobody's played more minutes in the postseason than Devin Booker. So um, I think that could be what Monty's thinking is, let me play campaign. I'll take some of the pressure off a of book. Now, we, obviously, we're still a couple days away from game three of this series. It's Friday night at Footprint Center. And obviously, by now, I'm assuming everybody knows kind of the background on this. Suns down 0-2. Chris Paul going to be out for another week or so. We don't know exactly for sure how long he's out. He's got a groin injury. The reports yesterday was that the Suns are not expecting him for games three, four, or five at this point. Who knows? It might be even longer than that. And so immediately we turn our attention to, okay, what now? How do you fix this? How do you how do you band-aid this? And campaign, look, point book certainly is one of the options. And certainly you're right. Monty Williams expressed a little discomfort about that after game two. Like, I don't know, we've already asked a lot of him. There was a, a good story today by our friends from Bright Side of the Sun that kind of brought up something that we didn't really get into yesterday because it was also fresh and raw and new with the news about Chris Paul coming down. Campaign in moments like this has actually done very, very well in filling in for Chris Paul when he's been asked to start, when he knows he's the starter, when he's had to fill that role, He's to, whether it was... The playoffs against the Lakers when Chris Paul had the stinger, whether it was the playoffs against the Clippers two years ago when Chris Paul was out with COVID, whether it was this past year when Chris Paul had the heel injury and campaign started a bunch of games. You look at campaign's numbers when he starts, when he knows he's going to get those minutes and he's been pretty good. The question is, is that going to be good enough? You know, worried about the, you know, coming back from a back injury, hasn't played a whole lot. There was a time this year, you know, you mentioned the playoffs. There was also a time this year when Chris Paul went down with that, that injury where, where he played a lot of games and they did pretty well. I think they went with nine and five in those 14 games. Yes. And now that was no KD. There was still, you know, Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson on the team. 
but they beat some playoff teams, right? They beat the Minnesota, they beat Golden State, they beat Sacramento, they beat the Knicks, they beat the Lakers, who somehow, we're going to talk about that, it was the oddest game ever, the Lakers game last night. Man, <laughs> that, that, was, is a, that was really enjoyable that was to one watch, of the most odd, but it was odd. It, it was, was, you talk odd. about a, con- Styles makes fights, that was a hell of a fight, because those were two wildly different styles last night between the Lakers and the Warriors, yeah, right? Yeah, So Payne's got experience, he's done this. You know, we, at one point, I remember during that time, I think you'll remember this, during that stretch where he played all those games for Chris Paul and they were playing well, we had James Jones on the show, and we asked him, and Mitch would probably, you, down the road you could probably find this comment, and you don't need to now because it just threw it on you. But I, I remember asking James, like, you know, your faith in campaign, everybody has asked you to go get another point guard, but you've showed all this faith in campaign, and now you, he's being rewarded because he's playing really well. And I remember James Jones talking about that because, you know, a lot of people have wanted the Suns to go get another backup point guard, not believing in campaign. And at that time, Cam was playing really, really well. And we had James on. We asked him about it and kind of justified, at that point, justified his belief in campaign. Our own Kellen Olsen was at practice today and uh, was interviewing Monty when Monty said this about campaign. Same as always. I mean, we want Cam to, to be Cam. He's obviously playing with a different group. And he understands that. It's not something I have to sit him down like he's 12 years old and tell him, you know, whatever. He understands. He has a reference point. If you look back at our second year against the Clippers and the Lakers, he played a much bigger role because Chris was out. So he can rely on that and the growth that he's made over the last few years. Look, it's a really interesting question. I don't know the answer to this, but it almost begs the question. If Chris Paul, if uh, Cam, sorry, Cameron Payne, if Cameron Payne is better in stretches where he knows he's going to start and he knows he's going to get a lot of minutes because he doesn't feel like he has to cram it all in in the 10 minutes, you know, he doesn't feel like I've got to be great in my 10 minutes because the 10 minutes are all I'm going to get. Like when he knows he's going to be the starter, when he knows he's going to get those minutes that he can relax and not feel like he has to press so much because that's we all know we've all seen it with campaign that's the knock on him is that sometimes he just plays way too fast too fast too reckless too much energy too much carelessness Mm -hmm. right And, and i wonder if those stretches against the lakers and against the clippers and even this year when paul had the heel injury can be defined by campaign playing a little bit more under control because he wasn't looking over his shoulder. He, he knew he was going to be out there for longer than 12 minutes, 15 minutes. He knew he was a starter. I don't know if there's anything to that or not, but it is interesting to look at the numbers when he is the starting point guard. They're better than just when he's the backup because it feels like he's got that security and knowing he's going to be out there. It I, could be. There's anything to that? No, it might be. Absolutely. When you know you're going to start and you know you're going to have the playing time, you don't, you, know, you don't have to look over your shoulder. You don't feel like you have to make every basket because you're going to get pulled. I mean, it could be something to that. Look, there was a time in the playoffs last year and even the year before we took, man, it's such a big difference between Devin Booker and his backup. There's a big difference between Chris Paul and his backup. The wings, because they had so many wings, it was like there's not much of a difference. Like if you take... Jay Crowder out, you've got Cam Johnson. You're okay. Even with DeAndre Ayton, you know, when they had JaVel McGee playing at a high level, it was like it's not that much of a big drop. But there was always a big drop between Book and whoever was replacing him, Shabbat mainly, and then Paul and Payne. That gap is closer now because Paul's not the same player. Yeah. You know, when he was great in the NBA, the year of the NBA Finals, and even last year against New Orleans, there was a big difference between him and Campaign. Cam's just got to be himself, right? It doesn't have to be anything else. 
you know, I worry about the pick and roll game, you know, with DeAndre Ayton. Can he be involved? Um, because Paul was really good at making sure DeAndre got his touches. Does Cam have to do that? We'll see. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on this Wednesday afternoon, are you having any regrets over trading for Kevin Durant? One person certainly does not regret the move. We'll tell you who it is coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Nuggets now. Real quick, before I get into the the Kevin Durant stuff, I want to point out kind of the other side of the coin. We just got done in the last segment talking about, okay, Chris Paul's out. What do you do? And, and we talked about campaign a lot. At ArizonaSports.com, our own Kevin Zimmerman from Empire of the Suns, um, makes the case, and, and I'm kind of reading through it now. Okay. It's time for point book to start. And that seems to be the other side of the coin, it is, I, is that it's, it's going to be a point book situation, and you got to go with that. So here's what I think. Okay. I don't know what you're going to get, get what you're going to get out of campaign. He's coming back from an injury, played terrible the other day. What did he shoot 0 for 5? Yes. If I remember correctly. 0 for 4, 0 for 5. Yeah, I can't remember. I, I've got I've got a short leash on campaign as the point guard. I got a short leash. I'm going to go out there the first and you're going to if I start campaign and I'm 5 minutes into the game and he's got no assists, he's got two turnovers and he's 0 for 2, my leash is short. I'm going to point book. And then, you know, I'm going to point book and then Cam becomes my backup. So I'll ride with Cam as long as he's doing the job. But, like, he's got to prove it to me right away. He's got to come out of the gates and play well. Because if he doesn't, like, he hasn't played well. Like, the last game he played, he was terrible. Yeah. And up to that, he only played three minutes in the first game, right? So I don't know what you're going to get out of campaign. Zim writes, quote, there's a counterpoint to the worry of the workload on Booker. He doesn't need to be the point man for the whole game, nor be tasked with creating every single shot. Get the team in the offense. Get rid of it. Payne will surely get more minutes in the starting group or otherwise, close quote. Good article at ArizonaSports.com. We'll see, obviously. Obviously, there's options to Monty Williams. The other thing I wanted to mention real quick, yeah. um, and I, then I promise we'll get into this KD stuff because it's good. Um, Kellen Olson's Twitter account from an hour ago, quote, I asked Monty Williams about balancing the workload for Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, and he said he could do a better job, and I quote, putting more scores on the floor and living with whatever warts may come with that, close quote. You know, Terrence I, Ross, come on down. Listen, I know this for a fact. He had Monty had told TJ Warren that, hey, because TJ's healthy. He's been healthy for like three months. He goes, listen, I'm just going to ride with the guys that got me here. Like, you know, nothing, you know, no, nothing intentional. I'm just going to ride with the guys that got me here. So TJ Warren hasn't played because mm-hmm. people have thought about TJ Warren. TJ's a scorer. Why is he not playing? Well, Monty has told him, like, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to ride with the guys that that I know. I'm familiar with. So TJ hasn't played. Terrence Ross, I can imagine Terrence Ross is going to play because he could shoot. Terrence yeah. can shoot. Yes, he can. So I think that, you know. Warts and all. Warts are, and the warts, are, warts are, defensively, these guys aren't going to be very good. Yeah. You know, they're not good defensive players. So I think Monty's tried to. Monty's, I think Monty is, and I think correctly said, I got Booker. I got Paul. I got Aiton. And I got KD. Like, I need defenders around all these guys. But it hasn't. Against Denver, it, it hasn't worked. All right, Rube's got the sound for me. Play it for me, Rube. It's a tough one. Um, I, I can do a better job of putting more uh, scores on the floor and, and living with whatever warts may come with that uh, just to free those guys up so they don't have to do it every single time down the floor. And uh, we'll make those adjustments accordingly. 
He mm. also said that Ross and Warren are going to be getting more playing time. Yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, it's at this point. He did say that, huh? Yeah. Ross and Warren are going to play more. They, the problem is, like, and I, and I, let's see how they do. The problem I think that Monty has had is he does that, didn't do a really good job of keeping giving those guys enough minutes to kind of keep them. They're rusty. I don't disagree. They're rusty. It, it's it's been it's been so haphazard in terms of the bench rotation and who's played who hasn't basically since the last three weeks of the season that it's it's, it's any continuity is it's gone. It's right out the window. You don't have it. So how rusty are those guys? How how in tune are those guys? We'll we'll find out. But I I think Monty is doing the in my opinion the correct thing here and the correct thing is here evaluating Denver and saying look we just got outscore them. We got to outscore them. We're, we're going to turn this into a track meet, and we're going to outscore you. That's how we're going to win these games. We're not going to play great next-level defense. We're just going to have to score more than you when it's all said and done. And that's kind of a different mentality that maybe requires more let-it-fly guys like Terrence Ross out there and T.J. Warren as opposed to defenders. All right, let's get to this Matt Ishbia sound. Okay. He was on the uh, Bill Simmons podcast yesterday, and I apologize for making everybody wait so long for it, but that was just stuff coming down kind of fresh and new about the Suns. Matt Ishbia on the Bill Simmons podcast yesterday has absolutely no hesitations about the Kevin Durant trade and would do it again. So there was no gulp moment when you were like, all right, Bridges, Johnson, Crowder, four first, and the swap, and you're just looking at it on a whiteboard like, man, that's a lot. No, not at all. You, you got you, It takes what it takes to win. You got to try to win. You can sit there and say, let's try to be a fifth seed. Let's try to be in the middle. Like, and we could get, we could get knocked out in the second round as we were in the second round, right? Or we could win a championship. There's no guarantees to win. But if you don't try, you're, you're, they're going to know me for 50 years as the owner in Phoenix. I'm going to try to win every time we can. I, I get it. I don't, you know. I know you don't agree with I, it. No, but I don't disagree with it. This is a tough, like, this is, I don't agree with it, but I don't disagree with it. I understand completely an organization that has never won a championship, that has been to the NBA Finals three times and never won it, looking at an opportunity to get one of the greatest players that's ever played, still relatively in his prime, and going for it. Yeah. I, like, I wouldn't have made the trade. So, okay, so if I can click, you disagree with it, but you understand it. Is that a good way of putting it? You, you understand the rationale behind it. You just don't agree with the rationale behind it. Is that, is that a, I mean, I guess that's a fair way of putting it. Yeah. Similar. Like, yeah. you know, I like, you know, if, you, if it comes down to you to agree with the trade or disagree with the trade, I disagreed with the trade and I said it the day it happened. So this isn't new. I think they gave up too much. I think they closed window two relatively quickly. I, I was I, in my, uh, my email to you today. Let me get it. Cause it was a, there was a, I saw a, a guy with a blue check mark. So put this in there. Guy had a, <laughs> I don't even know. It doesn't mean as much as it used to. You can't really. It used to mean a lot. It doesn't mean so much. Can't really tell anymore. Guy says Chris Paul's toast. Aiton's horribly overpriced. KD will begin his decline. Book us a free agent in 2026. The Nets own their draft until 2029. None of the picks are protected. The Suns are in a horrible position with little to no way of improving. I don't disagree with that. Right. Like, but if you win a championship. It's worth it. Exactly. Who cares? So I, my, my understanding is, man, you're, re, you're really going for it. Like, you're all in. But KD is going to decline. He's injury prone and he's old. Sure, sure. Chris Paul's toast. I agree with that. And they've got no bench. When you're paying the money, you're paying Durant and you're paying Booker and you're paying Aiton. You know, although I'm telling you, I heard something yesterday, man. I'm just crazy. I should have. I'll spring it on you later. <laughs> I'll spring it on you later about what, what could happen with Aiton. I sh- should have put this in my email, and I didn't. Wow. You should, no, spring it on me now. Spring it on me now. 
Come on. I would not rule out a Kyrie Irving for DeAndre Ayton trade in the offseason. Oh, whoa, whoa. I know. Oh, oh, yeah. I would not rule out Kyrie Irving oh, for DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> I don't. I'm telling you, I think that there's a possibility. KD loves Kyrie. I don't think the Luka Kyrie thing worked out. Kyrie kid, there's only like three teams with cap space, so it's so, going to have to be well, a sign and trade. It has to be a sign and trade with Kyrie because he's a free agent, right? So Dallas would yeah. have to re-sign sign him and, and trade because trade there had been some speculation that the Mavs might like DeAndre Eaton. Look, no, yes. no, no, well, you, no. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm no, no, telling no, no, you, I, that was an opinion being expressed. That's I not guess a, we're both delusional sometimes. That's, so. that's not uh, somebody disagreeing I don't know with you. Why that's I just, forgot to put this in my email. Yeah, it's, what? It's, wow. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I would not rule out Look Kyrie been, Irving for DeAndre Ayton in the offseason. You know, maybe maybe you give them maybe you give them Chris Paul and. DeAndre for Kyrie? Wow. Oh, my God. I don't think that Luka loved playing with Kyrie. I, I think the the results on the floor were pretty evident that he probably didn't. And yeah. I, I had heard that Dallas liked Aiton, but Kyrie, they do. Book, and KD? Ooh, boy. Well, you're just replacing Paul with, a, I, with a Kyrie. Yeah, except Paul's... Paul doesn't require the number of shots that Kyrie does. And so now you're taking this balance and mm. you're, you're, you're like the seesaw is going, whoop, you're right. Like to one end. That's well, okay. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. Cause that's, um, that's a thing right there, man. Aiton Kyrie is and Kyrie 31, not 38. He just turned 31, Hmm. so he's much younger. Speaking of heavy questions that need to be weighed, if Caleb Williams is, in fact, the next Patrick Mahomes, what are the Cardinals going to do a year from now? (laughs) We'll dive into that one next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I had to walk around the office a couple times to clear my head from that Kyrie Irving, DeAndre Ayton conversation grenade you just pulled a pin on. Yeah. I'm picking the shrapnel out of my brain right now. Yeah. I had to drop something off at your desk while you were out. Yeah, just a little nugget I got yesterday. I just could not speak to him. You couldn't speak to him? Yeah. Oh, I'm a guy. You can talk to me now. No, no, no. He didn't have his his headphones in when you were speaking. Yeah. What what did you say, Mitch? Go ahead. Say it again. I just refused to speak to him when I had to drop off the paper in there. I just could not talk to you. (laughs) Yeah. Listen, I I think Luke is looking for a big pick and roll. I think that Luke, I don't think the Luke and Kyrie thing worked. I think Kyrie loves KD and KD loves Kyrie. And that that's, I'm, I'm not like, that's a possibility that, that these teams could talk about it. And look, do you think the Suns love Aiden? Now the question would be, who the hell's your center? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, who's your center? Like, who's going to go up against Jokic in a playoff game if you made that trade? I'm not saying this, that it's going to happen, but I, I believe that that will be discussed because I think yeah, there could it, be some interest it, there. It, let's make sure we're clear about that. You're, mm-hmm. you're not reporting that this is going to happen or even could happen. It's just kind of one of those out there in the wind sort of things, right? Like you just somebody had suggested something like that to you, perhaps, and it's something that I don't know. I it's. But it's it's a. I well, you know me. I don't come up with rumors like this, like on the fly. Like this is no, like, no, no. This I, is legit. Yeah, like this is going to be discussed. Yeah, it, it's no, and I'm not suggesting that you did come up with it on the fly. It's but it is. Wow. Um, it was one of those. Wait, what? Because I had always thought, I'd always wondered if they're going to actually.
actually try to move Aiton this offseason, it does feel like you'd have to take on somebody else's bad contract in return, right? Or a questionable player in return because it's such a big contract for DeAndre. If Kyrie Aiton, doesn't you know? come back to Dallas, he's got to go somewhere. Yeah. The Suns have an aging Chris Paul who they could get off of very easily. Yeah. Hmm. All right. On to the Arizona Cardinals. Yes. Um, because we're, our minds are still reeling about the Aiton Kyrie thing. Um, on to the Arizona Cardinals. And this is the second time now since the draft this weekend that, maybe even the third time, that I have seen a mock draft for next year. And of course, every mock draft for next year, it's kind of funny to look at because most of them have the Cardinals picking one and two, right? Because of the trade with the Houston Texans and how bad the Texans might be and how bad the Cardinals might be. I saw another one today and it was on the athletic website and it suggests that the Arizona Cardinals with the first pick in the 2024 NFL draft could take Caleb Williams and that with the second pick in the NFL draft, they could take Marvin Harrison Jr. Yep, that was it. And then I found this again on the athletic website and this was what really caught your attention. This is a, an NFL coach, an anonymous NFL coach, Coach to the athletic quote speaking of Caleb Williams of USC mm-hmm. he's like a refined Mahomes oh my god it's hard to compare anybody to Mahomes but he really does play like him close quote you start thinking about it and you go oh my god what if the Colonels are sitting there at number one what are they doing? did you take what them do, they do? so much of that depends on Kyler and how he plays with this new offense or does it at all does any of it depend on how Kyler plays that's my counter question to you, because in my mind, it does. In my mind, I want to see how Kyler does with a new OC, a new head coach, in a system that maybe doesn't coddle him like the last one does, that expects a little bit more of him. Okay. I kind of want to see that before I make that final determination. Then there's another part of me that goes, man, if he's really that good, how do you, how, how do you say no to that? Now, the cap ramifications. Remember when they passed on Adrian Peterson because they had a running back? Sure. Of course, it was a mistake. Right, they, they it took them years, years the, to live that down. The biggest question, and I, I like where you're going here. We've seen 57 games of Kyler Murray playing. He's played 57 football games over four years. Do you really? Do you need to see more? Now, normally, you might say, "I know what I have in him after four years of playing," but because it's a new coaching staff and a new system, I understand that. That you want to get a look at it. But I will get a look at it. Like, Kyler Murray's going to play football for the Arizona Cardinals this upcoming season. It might not be 17 games. It might be 12. It might be 13 or 14 or 10. But ultimately, that's going to determine, I think, and to your point, I think that the, the games that he's going to play under Gannon are going to be more telling than the four years previous of what he did as to whether you would draft Caleb Williams if you had the first pick. How does he play in this new system? Mm-hmm. Because if he comes out there and lights it up and he can still run and he can pass and, he, and they make him a pocket passer and he looks great. But if he's shaky, if he's 10 touchdowns and six picks and I don't know how you pass on this kid because, you know, it sucks that you just started Kyler's contract. But you know this. You, you you got dead cap money. You could eat it. You could always get off of these deals. Yeah. It's not easy, but you could do it. It's not easy. It would be look. I'm I'm going to plead ignorance to to one element of this speculation. And okay. trust me, folks, when I say this, this is all we're doing right now is speculating. This whole deal is a year away from now. We we have no idea. We're just it was spurned by kind of these mock drafts that we're seeing in this conversation. What I don't know 
is you say you just have to eat the cap money. I mean, that's a that's a big burger of cap space you're going to have to eat. You like I, uh, the ramifications of making that choice financially and how crippling it would be to your organization and how you cope with something like that financially is something that, quite frankly, I haven't pondered yet. I haven't th- I haven't I haven't done enough thought about this to go. Could you really actually do that from a cap standpoint and not absolutely destroy yourself for the next two years? I don't know the answer to that question. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know the answer to that question. I don't. I don't. And, and maybe at some point I'll figure out what that could look like. I would imagine it would be a really, really, really painful thing to do from a cap standpoint if you were going to move on from Kyler after this but massive if, contract you just signed. But if, the, but if the, the reality is you have the next Patrick Mahomes... That's you can't pass. That's on the it. flip side of the coin that you can't ignore. You'll deal right? with the pain. You, you'll you'll live with it. You, you'll you'll kind of figure out a way yeah. around if he's really going to be that good. Now, my, look, my my hope. Okay, you you were giving me crap the other day because I I I can't openly admit that I want the Cardinals to, to lose. lose. Right, right. I can. I hope they go zero in seventeen. Yeah. I, I, okay. I. My perfect scenario is that in the six games, seven games, nine games, whatever Kyler does, that he plays well enough that you can take that number one pick and just get a fortune for it. Like you can go, okay, you know what? We've got our quarterback. We're good. He's going to be good. He's going to be great. He's going to be one of the best in the NFC in a conference where there are no really good quarterbacks, right? Yeah. And that you could take those two picks that you're going to have, be it number one and number two, number three and number five, wherever they end up. And spin those into a way where you could potentially control the draft for the next three or four years if you wanted to, while you're still starting to get good again. To me, that's the perfect world scenario here. But I don't know if I don't know how Kyler is going to be in those. Games. I don't even know how many games he's going to play. Nobody knows how many games he's going to play. I think you're on to something, but I have a little different spin on it. Okay, please. Do you remember Drew Brees, Philip Rivers? Yes. They're both on the Chargers. Mm-hmm. What did they do? They traded Brees to New Orleans. They kept Philip Rivers. What if Kyler Murray plays so well that you could trade him instead of keeping him and getting rid of Caleb Will? What if every everything in your 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 be, your being, your bones, whatever the phrase is, tells you that Caleb Williams is going to be the next Patrick Mahomes? But Kyler Murray comes out and he plays good. Like, he's good. You could trade Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. I'm going to trade. You're my Drew Brees. I'm going to trade you. And I'm going to draft Caleb Williams. And he's going to be my quarterback. Because this regime, this regime, Monty Austin Fort, Jonathan Gaddon, they didn't draft Kyler Murray. He's not their guy. Yeah. They would love to get their own guy in. If they've got the first pick in the draft. It's an interesting counter idea, right? Because it, because by the time you did something like that, Kyler Murray by then is probably going to be the, what, eighth highest paid quarterback in the league. That, yeah. By the time Burrow gets his quarter, his contract and Herbert gets his contract, sure. it's just going to move Kyler. He's already moved a little bit down the list with the Hurts contract, right? I mean, by the time that contract might actually look, dare I say, appealing yeah. to another team because it's not as expensive as some of the other ones well, that are out there. Well, there's three scenarios. One, he plays really well and you decide you're going to keep him. Two, he plays really well and that allows you to trade him. Or three, he doesn't play good at all. I think that's the worst scenario. He doesn't play good at all. You can't trade him. And now you got to draft this kid and you've got all that dead cap money you're stuck with. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, will the Arizona Coyotes have not one, but two top 10 picks in the NHL draft? We'll talk about the odds with President and CEO Javier Gutierrez. He will join us next on the Burns and Gambo show. The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Let's roll out our Twitter poll question of the day. We got Eric Ruby here with us. You can find 
find this question on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. At Burns and Gambo, one word is where it's at. Rubes, what you got for us, man? Oh, we got the poll, and we got a video of Gambo's bomb that he dropped on you. A little headliner with that audio oh, there for you on our Twitter account. <laughs> Baby. Does it have me basically melting in my yes, chair? Yes, drop the bomb uh, it, That's what well, I'm so doing. It's, it's, it's the audio. It's the audio Oh, it's just the it. audio you of can, it? Okay. You, you can still hear. You can hear me actually yeah. physically melting in my chair when he said it. Yeah, there was so much heat coming off of that one. Yeah. Okay. If you want to know what we're talking about, go to at Burns and Gambo, one word on Twitter, where you can also find this question that was inspired by your guys' impromptu conversation yesterday with Chris Paul reportedly being out for games three through five. Has he played his final game as a member of the Phoenix Suns? Yes or no? Yes. That would also, in essence, mean that you're choosing them to lose this series in five games. I'm not choosing... I think they're going to well, lose. Well, that's, that's well, what I'm no, saying. No, like, both answers go together. And, and that's why I'm actually thinking about saying no, only because I'm wondering, can the Suns get this to a sixth game and would Chris play well, in that's a sixth a, Yeah, game? we don't even know if he'll play. I, I know. So, so I'm going to say no, he hasn't. For that reason and that specific reason only. I don't think he has. Like, I think... I'm giving myself the slimmest of outs that there's a chance he returns for this series. I think so there's I'm, definitely I'm a chance. I'm saying no. I'm saying no. It's, he hasn't played his last game with the Suns. Gambo, you're yes? I think he has. But I also could see the logic in, like, if like if you can't make a blockbuster trade for Kyrie, who are you going to get that's better than Chris Paul for next year? Like, it's easy, right? It's easier to say, we don't want Chris Paul. He's 38. He's old. He always get Who's going to replace him? Yeah. Would rather sign and trade for Van Fleet than Irving. But that's just me. I do like Van Vliet. Mm. Survey says? It's a 63-37 split in favor of, yes, the people believe that Chris Paul has laced them up for the final time as a member of the Phoenix Suns. That's right, 37% say no. He's still got another game or more left in him. You can find that question on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. It is the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Big day for the Coyotes coming up next week. We'll talk about it in a moment, but also a big time for the Coyotes right now with the election in Tempe and the future of the Coyotes on the line with that. And joining us here on the Burns and Gambo show, the president and CEO of the Coyotes, Javier Gutierrez here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Javier, welcome to the show again, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Burns and Gamble, thanks so much for having me. And, yep, big month this month for the Coyotes here in Arizona. Yeah, Javier, we've heard a lot of endorsements coming through for the Project Tempe Wins. And uh, tell me a little bit about that, because I know you've got a lot of support behind the project. Absolutely. You know, we are so uh, honored to have such a broad coalition of support. It starts with this uh, uh, Tempe City Council, you know, 7-0 unanimous approval. They approved our development agreement, our zoning and our entitlements. And then we took it to the voters. And in the course of this campaign, we've established a incredible amount of support. You know, we have Tempe firefighters supporting us. We have union leaders, the carpenters, the IVW, the painters. Uh, you have the Tempe 
chamber Tempe tourism, not least of which should also point out the fact that we have the four former mayors, Hugh Coleman, Neil Giuliano, Harry and Mark Mitchell, countless of, of council members. And if what we've said over and over again, and this is the right deal. This is the right project. And we're the right team to execute on. And it's going to bring jobs. It's going to bring a revenue for the city. It's going to clean up this city owned landfill that has sat there for 70 years and Tempe taxpayers don't have to pay for it. And that's why you see this incredibly broad coalition. And we're very, very honored by that level of support. And we've shared over and over again, even if you don't believe us, believe your city leaders, Tempe. Believe these former elected officials, these current elected officials, these civic and nonprofit and academic leaders who all know this is exactly what is good for Tempe. Well, I know the NHL playoffs are going on right now. It's been fascinating. Seattle taking out Colorado. The Devils taking out the Rangers. I mean, the Bruins getting beat by the Florida Panthers. And Matthew Kachuk. I mean, so much excitement going on. But we had the the commissioner, Gary Bettman, in town just a few weeks ago. But, you know, throwing his support behind this project. Absolutely. You know, uh, Commissioner Bettman has just been a steadfast uh, supporter of not only the organization, but of this ownership of Alex Morello and this vision that we have to turn this landfill into this landmark. And you've seen him here a couple of times. You saw him here at, uh, in November uh, at the public hearing where the Tempe City Council again had a unanimous 7-0 approval of the project. And he was here again a couple of weeks back, uh, again, at a, a press conference that we had that showed this broad coalition in which he reaffirmed the NHL's commitment to this market, to being here in Arizona, to understanding this is a hockey town. And what this uh, project will help do is really stabilize this organization and and solve the, the arena challenge that it's had for so many years. And we just are so thankful for his support. Uh, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly has also been here every single visit, and um, they have made it very clear they want the NHL here to stay permanently, and they see this as the opportunity to make that happen. Javier Gutierrez, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. All right, so update our listeners kind of on the process and where things stand right now, because I know the vote has started. Obviously, this is not a walk up and vote kind of situation. It's all being done by mail. So when did it start and when does it end and what do people need to do who live in Tempe who have the eligibility to vote on this, Javier? No, it's a good question. So, yes, you are correct. It's a special election, mail-in only. Uh, Tempe voters have ballots already, so we're asking them to vote yes on Propositions 301, 302, 303, and mail in their ballots. Their ballots, we are encouraging people to mail in by May 9th because they have to be received in order to be counted by May 16th. You already have approximately 16,000 folks who have voted, and we want every voice counted. We want Every ballot counted. And so we're really encouraging people, again, to get out, to fill up your ballot, to um, mail it in, and to obviously vote yes on Propositions 301, 302, and 303. We asked Commissioner Bettman about this, and and I would imagine you'd be in a better position to answer it. Are you getting any real-time updates on how things are going so far with the election, Javier? Well, we did significant amount of polling leading up to folks having their ballots. And from that, you extrapolate uh, who has voted. So we don't get any yes or no uh, determinations, but we do get determinations from the uh, recorders from Maricopa County recorder as to who's voted, you know, who's been registered and uh, where where the locations of the individuals are that uh, that have voted. So from that, we're extrapolating, given our polling. And again, we've all 
always felt very confident that as people have learned about this project and this deal, the fact that it will be the first privately funded sports and entertainment district in the history of Arizona. And you actually just saw today the Arizona Republic uh, front page just pointing out that all of our experts and all of the city's experts have shown that one of the major concerns of traffic actually is not as big a concern uh, given the mitigation that we have been uh, committed to paying for. And so it just, again, shows you this is the right project. This is the right deal. We're the right team. And we're starting to see ballots come in. But we really need every voter in Tempe. Please mail in your ballot. Please try to mail it in by May 9th. And please, obviously, vote yes on Propositions 301, 302, and 303. Javi, I've been here since 1997. So I've been around all the votes for all the teams and stadiums and arenas. And we've talked about this before. These votes tend to be very, very close. So I would imagine, you know, that's one of the messages that, like, every vote may matter because these votes tend to be very close. Absolutely. No, uh, Gamble, you're exactly right. You've seen these votes in the past. And in general, you know, we want everyone's voice, every vote to count. And so we're asking voters, please mail in your ballot. This is very important for the future of Tempe. This is a best-in-class urban redevelopment project. It's taking a city-owned landfill and creating jobs and creating revenue that the city needs for public services and creating this landmark. You're talking about hotels, shops, restaurants, uh, theater, in addition to obviously being the permanent home of the Arizona Coyotes and a state-of-the-art hockey arena and live events venue. And so, yes, every vote matters. Please, please, if you're a Tempe registered voter, please vote. And again, please vote Yes, on propositions 301, 302, and 303. Last one from us, Javier. Let's talk about the hockey team real quick. Big day next week with the draft lottery. Uh, are, are you, who's the lucky charm for you? You got your fingers crossed, your lucky rabbit foot, whatever it is that it takes to get this thing done for you guys? Absolutely. All the above. The answer is E, all of the above. Gambo's yeah, a good lucky charm I, if you need to take him. Just He's, take me. I've got the, what do you call it, not the semi-charmed kind of life? Oh, you have a fully charmed kind of life, i got a life, fully, charmed, fully kind charmed kind of life. Kind of you life. should just yes. bring me. There's nothing semi-charmed about it. You, you should know, take Gambo. Uh, I'll bring it up with Alex. I'll bring it up with Alex Morello. Maybe we'll get you on the plane out there to uh, to New Jersey for the uh, for the bouncing balls. But listen, it's, it's going to be an important day. Obviously, we have two picks in the lottery. We hope that our number six pick can possibly move up. Uh, this is a historic uh, draft, and you've heard this over and over again. Uh, clearly, the the potential number one overall pick is a transcendent talent, but actually, it's a very deep draft, and that's something we're excited about. We've said this from the beginning. We want to build a sustainable winner. We want to bring a Stanley Cup, and we think that the way to do it is clearly through the draft. We have invested in you know one of the largest scouting departments in the NHL. Bill Armstrong, as our GM, has really, really invested in in the scouting and the player development. And it starts, obviously, with uh, with the draft assets. Uh, we're excited. Uh, so, you know, the draft lottery is going to be another big, important day. So, again, very consequential month for uh, for the Coyotes' future. And, and we're very excited about it. And we know our fans and our fans in waiting uh, are all also very excited about it. Javier, we appreciate the time, as always. Thank you for coming on for a few, okay? Hey, guys, thank you so much, and go Yotes. Thanks, Javier. is joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We need you, Suns fans, more than ever to rally the Valley for games three and four. Text the word TICKET to 620-620. Get yourself registered. Listen for your name today during the 5 o'clock hour for your chance to qualify for games three and game four tickets to see the Suns take on the Nuggets. Again, text the word TICKET to 620-620. Math and the Phoenix Suns. And right now the Suns are dealing with some math problems. 
Can they solve them down 0-2 is next on the Burns and Gambo Show.